Welcome into another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And this is episode 152. 152. What are we talking about? This is coping with sudden loss. Ah. Heavy. Yeah. And yeah. recent. Yes. Yeah. I have my tissues ready <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Good. Well, before we get into this sobbing story, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, anything you want to talk about from last week? Yes. Last week, we did the dark side of spirituality. And in that episode, Crystal had asked a question about Ouija boards. And so she had commented this on the post uh, about the episode. She said, first of all, she said, Danny, I'm so very sorry for your loss. Never easy to lose a friend, especially when you were involved in trying to de-escalate. Sending love your way. The Ouija board experience was just scary paranormal activity. I was young, though. I don't subscribe to any crap that makes me uncomfortable in my house now. The laughing face. <laughs> Thank you for the episode. Really enjoyed it. And then she brought up the, one of the questions that we're going to answer this week. Okay. She said, do you guys have an episode that talks about sleep paralysis? And we did talk <clears throat> a little bit about it in episode 91, which is astral projection, but we haven't like done a whole episode on it. So this was her question. She said, my sleep paralysis episode started when I hit about 12. Terrifying is an understatement to describe them. I said every kind of prayer over and over. It was a mess. As I got older, I realized if you just relax, it would stop faster. Many years ago, I read a dream book by Sylvia Brown, and she explained it was actually the soul trying to get back in from being out and about. This made me. This made more sense to me than any other theory. Since saying the prayer she laid out in the book, I don't have issues anymore. I surround myself with white light, purple light for protection, and green light for healing. Since doing this ritual, I'm able to control it. But it is something I is it something that I should be controlling though? Although it's terrifying, are we meant to leave while we sleep? I've also included in my prayers something to have an an easy exit, an easy entrance that I won't remember if I do travel. So sleep paralysis for anyone that doesn't know what this is, is a stage between being awake and asleep before you kind of get into the dream state we go into this sleep paralysis state. And if you wake up while you're in sleep paralysis, it can be really scary. It can feel like you can't wake up. Um, like you might sit there and think that you're calling out for somebody to help you and you just can't wake up. We talk about sleep paralysis demons in the corner. It's just a joke. But, right. you know, sometimes right. that's what it feels like. It's very heavy. Um, <clears throat> we are meant to travel when we sleep. Mm -hmm. So, And you are traveling when you're sleeping. All that you're doing is saying a prayer and preventing you to wake up during that time when you're between awake and asleep. So we don't normally feel ourselves come back into our body or go out when we go to the dream world, mm -hmm. when, you know, wherever it may be. Right. Uh, but that's that sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. You can get either, yeah, going or coming back. Yeah, Dolores kind of talks about that. Um, her analogy is picture like a like a silver cord that's attached to you. So when you go to sleep, 
you can go to the other side. I, my belief is that it's not kind of full blown heaven. It's no. like it's like a in between a little bit yeah. because I think if they showed everybody while they were dreaming what heaven was like, people wouldn't want to come back. Probably not. So, but you get to see a, parts of it and meet with people and stuff. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. But. Yeah, for sure. So, um, something else that I learned about the sleep paralysis is I've mentioned before that I had at one point an opioid addiction and I did notice that that stopped for me mostly after I stopped taking opioids. I haven't had that happen in a long time. Um, and when I, like I had nasal surgery and I was taking an even stronger one, it was happening to me almost every night after my nasal surgery. So I do wonder if there is something there too that, you know, these medications, they interact with our sleep patterns or whatever. And so that may have something to do as well. So if you take any of those kinds of medications for anyone listening and you get this a lot, it could also be the medication, not just like opioids, but and other kind of medications I would yeah. think could cause these kinds of things too. Mm-hmm. But it's not something to be scared about. I don't know what really causes us to be afraid, but it is a very terrifying feeling, but there really is nothing to be scared of. Right. It's not going to hurt you or anything like that. No. And it's not really demons. So. No. Okay. So I hope that answers your question, Crystal. Thanks, Crystal. And then we have a question from Diana. Diana is a new listener. I don't know how many episodes she's listened to, but she asked a question that we have answered in the past on our show, but we do have a lot of people that come in and they haven't listened to the past episodes. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't mind answering these questions mm-hmm. about, you know, things we've already talked about. But she says, when you go to heaven, do our relatives get along even if they didn't get along in life? Oh, do yeah. you still have issues with people you had issues with before? Nope. Nope. Not at all. It's everything's different. It's You don't even, I mean, honestly, <sighs> It's not like you don't recognize like it was your family member, but there it's not flesh and blood. So we're not looking at genetics at that point going, that's my daughter or that's my cousin or this or that. You're viewed simply as your soul and your soul has lived many lives. Mm -hmm. So how would we know which one to be addressing? Right. You know, but no, all is forgiven. Yes. Everything goes all that that we carry here on our shoulders, whatever it is, is gone. The way that I kind of see it, the the visions that I'm given when I think about these types of things is to picture like a TV show, because we really are like actors in our own movie or TV show. And when you're, when you're filming, when you're acting, you're playing this role. Well, in life, I'm playing Samantha, he's playing Danny, you're playing Diana. Mm-hmm. That's our roles in this life. But as soon as we go to the other side, those roles end. Just like when that director yells cut, it's over. Mm-hmm. And the people that were acting, they go back to acting how they were before, how they normally are, their real selves. So when we go back to the other side, we become our true selves again. We see, okay, this was just a learning opportunity and like I said, more like a movie than anything else. So we kind of wake up from this and we realize we're not upset with anybody because they were just actors. They were just helping us to learn our lessons and our relatives that we have problems with in this life. If they go into the other life and we still have problems with them, then we probably didn't learn a lesson that we needed to learn. So you get back there and you go, Oh, 
well, we didn't learn that. We'll have to try it again in another life. Yeah, our perception of what's going on here um, isn't really what's going on here. No, no. So, but yeah, in a nutshell, nobody has any hard feelings about anybody, and that's including people that were murdered by people. Yeah. There are no hard feelings. There's no bitterness, no resentment, no anger, none of that. That's right. Absolutely. So hope that that answered your question, Diana. And then two more things before we start the episode. First, I have very exciting news that I keep forgetting to tell our listeners, and I keep getting in trouble because I keep forgetting. Uh-oh. My sister's coming to visit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's coming uh, two weeks. So this will be released on a Sunday. She's coming on a Monday. So two weeks from, from this week. Auntie Manda. No, wait. No, wait. I'm lying. It's it's one week. It's yeah. 10 days from today. Yeah. Yeah. Quicker than I thought. So we're actually going to have her on the episode that week that she's oh, here. Oh, fun, fun. Yeah. So we don't know what it's going to be about yet, but I'm excited. I'm excited for everybody to get a chance to meet her because we have talked so much about you yeah. know, what I've been through with meeting my family that I didn't know existed. And yeah. so, I mean, not even meeting them, just like through phone and text. Right. So now I'm actually going to be face to face with her. So it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So and then the last thing I wanted to thank everybody for all their messages this week, because we did get a lot of messages sending condolences to you thank for you. your loss. And I think that that's one of the things that made us kind of think this is a good time for this episode, even though we're we're a little still grieving here. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of things have come up for me during this period that ha- has reminded me what it's like to grieve. Yeah. So that's what kind of brought us to this episode. But thank you all for those Absolutely. messages. Yeah. Very much. Thank you. Yep. So that's what I got for you from last week. All right. Well. Why don't we jump on in? You got your tissues handy? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Episode 152, Coping with Sudden Loss. Uh, there's, Like I said, there's a lot of emotions that go with this episode. Um, we didn't do a reading in the first part because I'm going to do several in this. Um, cool. I think that'll help break up maybe the, you right. know, the, the heaviness of it. But all of the readings that I'm going to do are for people that have lost a person or an animal suddenly. Good. So, so the first thing that I did this week was I asked our listeners how many of them have suffered some kind of unexpected death of a loved one, and 100% said they have. Mm-hmm. So most of them said that they have experienced both human and animal loss, but a few were just human or just animal. But for the most part, it seems that most have lost um, both. Yeah. And I'll tell you that I've been through a lot in my life. I've been through divorce and, you know, abuse and heartache and all kinds of things. But sudden loss is mm. the hardest thing that I've ever been through. It's the thing that I still to this day suffer PTSD from when I lost my mom. Yeah. So I wanted to um, share a little bit about my story. Mostly what we're going to do today is is listen to other people's stories, our listeners. But I wanted to share a little bit about mine because I have talked about my mom and what a big part of my life she is still from the other side. But I don't know that I've talked about the way I lost her since maybe the first episode. But my mom did die very suddenly. I was 26 years old. She had a lot of health problems, um, a lot of which were brought on by herself that were caused um, by an opioid addiction. She wanted to be in the hospital so that she could get morphine. So she would um, like make herself sick. Not that she wasn't. I mean, she had asthma and stuff like that. But there were things that she could do to make it worse, to make the doctor put her in the hospital for the morphine. You know, we knew that she was going downhill for a while. But still, I like never thought that 
I was just going to wake right. up one morning and my mom was going to be gone. And that's exactly no. And that's exactly what happened is she was released from the hospital and her doctor was out of town and there was a new doctor taking care of her and he gave her a morphine dose, uh, morphine patch, fentanyl actually, that was twice the dose of what she was used to. And so you put the patch on, right? And then it stays there, I think, for two days. Well, he also gave her morphine pills on top of it. She didn't know that her patch was that heavy and that she took another morphine pill. And we think that she just went to sleep and didn't wake up. Yeah. Because of her health issues, um, her, her autopsy says coronary artery disease and fatty liver. But her morphine dose is out of, like, a range that is normal, really. So. Right. We believe that that's what happened. But I got the call one morning from her best friend that she had passed away and it just came out of nowhere. And it's like at first you you went through this last mm. week with with your friend. Um, it doesn't hit you. It's really hard at first. You're like, yeah. what? Wait, what's going on? What are you talking about? You yeah. know, and then all of a sudden it hits and it's like the ground literally comes out from underneath you. Right. And that was like I had lost a couple of pets before that, but I had never lost a human. Well, my ex-husband lost his father, but, you know, nobody like directly related to me. Nobody that right. I had like a huge um, loss over like that. And it really swept me off my feet for for years. I had such a hard time getting over it. And I have had other kinds of loss. I have had the kind of loss that you expect. I've lost my grandma. I've lost a lot of people. But nothing has ever hurt like that. Nothing. It sucks. Yeah. It really does. It's it's heavy. It's yeah. A, we were when we were talking about it the other day, kind of it's like this process you go through within like the first 5 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> that's so memorable, you know, when you're told something like that. That it's like for me with um, my friend or our friend, it was immediately like, no. Yeah. Okay, so it's like immediate first reaction is denial. Then it's um, understanding like this is not fake. Right. This is real. Yeah. And then it's like anger. Right. The anger for me was very quick it was just like a burst of like i gotta get this out like this just felt like this amount of energy inside of me that had to come out yeah really quick and i think i just threw like the poop bucket scooper thing yeah. across, across the yard yeah and that was it yeah. and i said okay i can't be angry because that does nothing for anybody and then at that point is when the acceptance of what I've understood. Because that minute of like denial and right. then understanding, I haven't accepted it yet. I no. just understand that this is real. It's not fake. Right. Then that kind of anger, then the accepting. Mm. And yeah, at first I was like, why don't I feel anything? Why, yeah. am I, why am I not crying? I mean, this is, I hadn't gone through those motions, mm -hmm. which literally only took maybe a half an hour. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, here it comes. Yeah. And then once that happens, as much as I think we think, oh, this is sadness and depression and, and, and all the bad things, which it does encompass some of that. I also feel like that's the energy of that soul. Yeah. Who's right there with you. And it becomes 
so overwhelming that you can feel their energy. Yes. So your tears just kind of come out of nowhere when you're sort of thinking about them. Oh, yeah. It's as if they almost wrap their energy around you, like they're hugging you. Oh, yeah. And it comes out of nowhere, and then you feel it for a little bit, and then it goes away. And then you think you're done for a couple days because you haven't shed a tear about it. Right. And then it comes again. (laughs) Yes. So I think it's when we're thinking about them. That's The love from the other side is so powerful. I think if... If we were to raise our vibrations as high as they they run, yeah. really, we would totally like explode. <laughs> it's Probably. just too much energy. Yeah, but we can tap into a good deal of it. Yeah, and that's part of it. It's just pure like love. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you're sad, but you're feeling that love. Yeah, that connection with that person. Yeah. This, um, losing this friend was, um, a reminder. Like I said earlier, it was a reminder of what grief feels like when it hits you all of a sudden. And you know what? I used to think that there was something wrong with me. Like, I'll be honest. And I've, I don't think I've ever even told you this because this is one of the most embarrassing things is that when I was told that my mom was dead, my first reaction was it's okay. And I thought about inheritance and I, I'm, and I have felt bad since that moment that that happened but i realize now because it was such a loud thought that was her that was her telling me that right and that's not what happened at all it wasn't okay and there, there was no inheritance that came <laughs> at least not at that point i mean you know i got some money for being the executor of her will but right. like I, something about that made me feel so guilty for so long like having that thought and i realize now that that was her voice telling me that right. maybe to try and like cushion it a little bit and maybe it just came in wrong i don't know i wasn't a medium then i didn't even realize this until recently that that's what i believe happened but i did major guilt for that all these years of thinking that that was my first thought when my mom died i don't think that was really my first thought but it also did take me a while for it to kick in like i i was married to my ex-husband then and i called him and he came and picked me up where i was so i didn't have to drive and i didn't cry i just sat there And I thought about all the things that I needed to do, all the people that I needed to call. And it wasn't until I got home and I was alone because he went back to get my car that I just lost it. And that doesn't make something wrong with you. It means that you are human and you just need a little while for this to kick in because it's a shock. You know how they say like when you have an accident or something, you go into shock. I really feel like that's almost the same kind of thing that happens here is Mm -hmm. that your, your brain's almost like, what? Come on. This day was going perfectly normal. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while. It's, yeah, it's a strange reality. That concept of here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, When, you know, nobody's really expecting something of that nature. Yeah. The shock of its in itself is really... uh, I had a previous friend, Rob, that that I mentioned a lot too. And um, when he passed away... Again, it was sudden. He was young. And when I was notified by his uh, wife at the time, it was by phone call. And I really wasn't expecting it. And I felt my legs were going to go out from underneath me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was just this. Yeah. Like you felt like you went through a warp and yeah, everything exactly. just kind of went rubbery. Uh, and I just sat down and I had to like sit and almost really think about it. Yep. 
for a minute. So, and he took his life. Yeah. So the circumstances there were even more, you know. Yeah. Uh, hard to comprehend. Something that happens too is that that denial. Mm. Like, let's see, I looked up the the stages. I always forget the different stages of grief, but they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And it can take a long time for you to get through these, or you might feel them all every single day. But one of the ones that I forgot about is that denial where, like, we were driving the next day after our friend died. We were driving behind an ambulance, and I thought, maybe it's not real, because we actually found out about it through an email that came from the sheriff's office. Yeah. And even though his son's name is there and it's the address and everything, we're both still like, nah. Yeah, because it didn't list his name. Yeah, it didn't list his name. We're Same s- address. Yep. <laughs> but but I still wanted to deny it. I did too. We're, we're behind this ambulance. Oops. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe he, because right by the hospital too that he passed at. And I, I was like, maybe not. Maybe this isn't real. Maybe he's not really passed. And I had already been feeling his spirit. And so I can hear him go, <clears throat> uh... Uh, <laughs> no? uh, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to do a reading now because I want to make sure that we get to a few of them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. So this first one is actually for a lady that I did a reading for her bird that passed. I did it before the bird passed. Um, her name is Panapat. And I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but I did actually look it up because I didn't want to mess it up. I'm like, how do you pronounce this? I like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's different. I like it. Almost mm-hmm. like... Indonesian. Yes, yeah, I believe that she's um, from Thailand, maybe. Yeah, that would be Indonesian. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she said, I lost my bird, Boba, during my road trip. We stopped for a lunch. It was showering. It was showering. I think she means raining. And the weather was not hot. So we left him in the car with windows open. He was very young, just started learning how to how to eat, but still needed time, still needed me to feed him. When we came back to the car, there was a direct sun towards the seat that I had put him in. I found him laying down on the floor of the travel cage and he wasn't breathing. I was breaking down and ran to every vet nearby, but no one has an avian vet and no one would accept him at that point. We were on our way to Key West, Florida, so we buried him there next to the beach. Mm. Yeah, that's so tough. So I wanted to to talk to to Boba for or Bubba for Boba yeah Boba Fett Boba okay so I want you to know first of all that he died really quickly that it wasn't like he suffered it happened really fast and with a bird this small in this young it usually does it happens really fast so he wants you to know he did not suffer so please not to to beat yourself up about that these are the types of situations that are really tough because how do you tell somebody not to feel guilty not to feel like you know but you have to remember too that everything does happen for a reason and i know i hate to say that when somebody or something dies but I truly believe that this bird would have passed later on is my feeling. That was the first thing that I felt when I connected to him is that it would have been like maybe a few months, but that there was something wrong. 
And that is one reason why he probably passed so quickly. Um, but he would have been more sick is my point. And I do feel like he would have passed anyways. This is a traumatic experience. This is something that is going to take you a while to get over because it happens so fast and you're, you know, probably beating yourself up about it. But he does not want you to do that. He wants you to know that even though there was a short time that you two were together, that his soul will come back to you and that he loves you. And he's sorry that it, it did go this way. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's such a bummer. Yeah. It's just a young little guy. But, um... Yeah, very young. You what can tell. What kind of bird was it? A lovebird. See how the beak is still black? Oh, His yeah. beak hasn't hadn't even changed to normal color yet. Because uh, when they're a baby, their beaks are black, and then they change to you know whatever it's supposed to be. Got it. So he was really young. Um, so that makes honestly a lot of sense because there was another bird in there, and that bird was okay. So um, yeah. So anyways. I hope that that helps a little bit, but so sorry for your Yeah, that sucks. Sorry, yeah. Pat, Pat. Yeah, so sorry Thanks, for that. Thanks, Boba. Yes, thank you for coming through. So let's read a couple of these. Um, our listeners gave us some of their stories about how people that they've lost. Brittany said, my precious daddy was murdered and it was posed as a suicide, which were con- which was confirmed it was not a suicide. The grief and pain was so deep, I almost lost myself in it. I have grown so much spiritually with him helping me from the other side, but what I wouldn't do to hold his hand and hug him one more time. Yeah, I get that for sure. Something happens when our parents go. It's different. It's like they are our biggest cheerleader, our angel, our support. They make things happen for us. I can't even describe it. If you haven't lost a parent yet, when it happens, you'll understand what I mean. My mother is everywhere all the time. After she passed, the weirdest things started happening almost immediately. She, um, I, she had told me that there were certain things she wanted me to do, like as far as her burial went, and almost everything she asked me to do, I couldn't do. Either like she wanted a white coffin, they didn't have them. Um, she wanted me to, if her hair was dark, she wanted it dyed blonde, and they're like, you're going to have to do it yourself. I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. So like all of these things, they just weren't possible, but I realize now it's because those things were not important. And right. so when we have those kinds of roadblocks, yeah. believe that it is your loved ones putting those down for you so that you don't spend money on extra stuff you don't go through you know trauma you don't need to go through whatever it is they're trying to help you out but parents it is just amazing how how it changes when you have one over there i think there's a larger message uh, underlying message to that and that is those things don't matter once you've made it to the other side yeah nope they they definitely a lot of things that we think matter and that we worry ourselves you know about don't matter. No, they don't. No, they definitely don't. Um, okay, this is from Patricia. She says, uh, in high school, my boyfriend's best friend was going to another school to play in a soccer game. We didn't have a ride, so we were waiting for him at the school. Greg was a great soccer player and had scored several goals. On the way to the bus, he was stabbed in the heart with an ice pick by a member of the opposing team. It was late, and as we were headed home, his parents showed up to tell us what happened. Wow. My other friend, Steve, had gone surfing with us, and we drove him home afterwards. He had forgotten his key, so he was climbing in through a window. He stepped on an electrical cord with wet feet and got electrocuted, fell out the window, and died on the lawn. High school really sucked, and we lost two more friends before we graduated. 
I'm so sorry. Wow, that is crazy. That is heavy. Yeah. I, how people can just take somebody's life like that, like over a game too? <clears throat> like, what is that about? You know, these are the types of things that like we ask ourselves, you know, people get upset. Like what kind of God would make this kind of stuff happen? Mm, yeah. But something that I've really like started understanding more and more, especially since our friend passed, because he's really been like teaching me things is that there are a couple of paths that um, we could choose from. Mm -hmm. We have the free will path and we have the fate path. Okay. And a lot of times both paths end up the same way. Um, Our friend, he was going to pass. I actually told Danny uh, probably six months ago, that yeah. he wasn't going to live much longer and that he had dementia and there was something else. Oh, and then I knew that his son was going to go to jail. That was something else that came up before he was even murdered. Just didn't put it all together, right. you know. But what I've realized is that that was <coughs> he was going to pass anyways. If if he would have chosen a different path and like gotten away from his son so that this couldn't happen, he would have died from something else. Right. It was his time. And it's sad that it went the way that it did. But at the same time, I do feel like he chose the right path because mm. even though he his life ended that way, now his son can maybe get some help. He's not a, a, a possible harm to others. Right. And his ex-wife, you know, is safe now, too. Yeah. Um, so these things, a lot of times we don't see that. We don't see that it still would have ended the same way. We don't have that kind of knowledge. Right. That's where I love my medium abilities and I love mm-hmm. being able to help people with this kind of stuff because they tell me that. Yeah. They tell me like, I can't believe how, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to say calm, but when it came to losing this friend of ours, it like, it hurt and it sucked. But every time that it started hurting and it sucked, I kept feeling like him going, it's okay. It's okay. I'm happy. I'm here. Like he kept showing me dancing and stuff like happy. And he's like, what are you crying about? And then you get in that mindset of it's okay. And it's like, but it's not okay, but it is, but it's not. (laughs) It's totally a double-edged sword. From our human mortal perspective, it seems senseless and makes no, it has no rhyme or reason to it. Right. It makes no sense to us. Yeah. But when you start looking at what if this is all just a simulation and none of it's real and we're just actors playing roles to learn lessons yes. to go back home when we're done and the scene's over or the movie's over and you have a way different perception of what was really going on here. Yeah. And so that's comforting. Yes. It's like... To the young lady that said her father passed away. Um, I don't remember her name. I've got to go back and look. I can't remember. That was Brittany. Okay, so Brittany says, you know, she lost her father. But the very next statement was, I grew tremendously spiritually after his passing. Yep. Well, we don't know what the the contract is when we come into this life, the deal that we made with our soul family. Yeah. We don't know it. We don't remember it. We're trying to figure it out. Right. And we're trying to listen and to the guidance of, of, you know, the spirit and signs and things like that and trying to not use our free will as much as we should. You know, want yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's um, there is something bizarre about it, and there's something comforting about it. Yeah, 
because it, I it do is. see that. I do see that. <clears throat> and I do believe that there is always another alternative. Mm-hmm. And that that alternative in an opposite or alternate universe is carrying out. Right. Probably. Yep. If you believe in multiple But universes. the one that you choose, not the one that you don't choose, is the one that you're going to experience. Right. Absolutely. And we could talk about why those other ones exist. In a <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> whole other episode for another day. Right. Um, let's do another reading, shall we? Okay. Okay. So this is for Sunshine. Sunshine. She says, this is Kira. We lost her on Mother's Day a couple years ago. The night before she went to bed in the guest room of my other best friend, we were a trifecta, and never woke up. Does she have a message for us or her daughter? So young. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me connect to her. She is very bubbly. Um, She had a lot. She's telling me she wasn't as bubbly in life as she is now. Like, she had her moments, and and most people that knew her thought that she was, you know... um, more like like what I'm seeing her like like really happy and friendly and bubbly, but she had a lot of deep depression issues going on in her life. Um, but I feel like sunshine with you and this other friend that when you three, like you said, you were a tri- trifecta. When you three were together, that this was really the only time that she felt like she could be her true <clears throat> self. Like there was nobody judging her. She could say whatever she wanted to say. She could look however, and it wasn't. She could just be comfortable. It wasn't a big deal. It was. It, you guys were so comfortable with each other, and she thanks you for giving her somebody like that that she could feel that way with while she was alive. Cool. Um. So. She had a really tough childhood and, you know, I don't, I'm assuming as best friend, she's talked to you about some of this, but I'm not going to get into a lot of it because it is personal stuff, but she had a very tough childhood. Um, and you know, we just talked a little bit about how things will end up, you know, the, the same way, whichever path you take. Now, the other path that she could have taken, I don't feel like it would have ended in her dying right away, but I do feel like down the road, it so i want to say yeah if she wouldn't if this wouldn't have happened when it did this wasn't suicide is what i'm feeling i don't feel like she died from suicide i feel like she would have died from suicide if she wouldn't have died when she did um there was a lot there a lot there eating her away inside that she wasn't getting help on and she wasn't <clears> talking <throat> to anybody about and with her daughter she had lots of fears about what was going to happen with her daughter as she got older and it, was she going to suffer the same kind of trauma that her mom had suffered and and all that and she kind of felt like there was a curse on her is what i'm feeling like i'm hearing like ancestral curse where like her mother or you know her grandmother these people had been through similar things and she felt like <laughs> it was kind of being passed down and how can i avoid this or whatever so unfortunately you know this is her giving her life is how this went but she chose this and we talked about this a little bit ago. She chose this. I, my mom had explained this to me too, that she had a choice that day. Was it, you know, to stay or to come back and you're shown if you stay, this is how it's going to go. And if you come, if you go back, this is how it's going to stay, go. And she felt just like my mom did that she could help her daughter more from the other side because 
if life would have continued. Like, just because you see your life like that on the other side, like at that moment of death does not mean you're going to change it. You're not going to remember it. So if she wouldn't have died that day and she would have just woken up like any normal day, she wouldn't have known Mm -hmm. that she could have left earlier Mm -hmm. and that she was going to die in the future. So now her daughter, yes, much younger than she would have been dealing with her mother's passing. And she doesn't have to go through that horrible, what I feel like she would have gone through later on if, if uh, Kira would have stayed. So she wants you all to know that she loves you very much and appreciates all of the support and love that you gave her throughout her short life because without you, life wouldn't have been the same. And I think she's aware now that what she perceived as a curse here wasn't a curse. No, it's not. Uh I'm pretty sure that was a soul family lesson that was going on. Yeah. And they were all supposed to teach each other or learn something from this thing they had in common. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And it kept happening until somebody broke the chain. That's right. So. Yep, I have gone through that in my shadow work. Yeah. yeah, where I've experienced the same things that my mother and my grandmother dealt with and I've had to break it. I've had to break the cycle. Yeah. And you know, now then you don't pass it on. That's You you have to find a silver lining to these things and that is your connection to the other side. Yeah. When you find the silver lining and you try to make sense of it, you might be thinking you're just trying to rationalize in your own head and make it okay. Yeah. <clears throat> like my friend Rob example, the one that I just shared uh, that took his life, his own life. Before he did, his uh, wife at the time found out she was pregnant and miscarried. Yeah. And he was tremendously depressed. And he already had a lot of depression and was taking medication and not taking medication, I think was part of the problem. When he passed away, she didn't have the chance to tell him that she had tested positive for pregnancy. Yeah. So she was again pregnant. Yeah. And she had that child without a father or his biological father to raise him. Yeah. That's heartbreaking yeah. when you think about that. Um, I remember his first picture because Rob was a drummer in one of my bands, uh, an amazing musician. And one of the first pictures of their baby was of him laying like just an infant on a snare drum. And that was like, whoo. Oh, yeah. Really oh, lost man. It. <laughs> I mean, I would just. But you know what? As you were sitting here telling me that, I heard from him that. I couldn't be a father to him here. No. I could be much better help to him there. Yes. And that is, you know, for a lot of people, they go, oh, that's a crock of shit. You know, he copped out. He didn't right. fulfill his, you know, obligation or responsibility. Well, first, he didn't even know. Yeah. And even if he did know, then he wouldn't have potentially, yeah. I think, was a big fear of his. But there, he's not limited right. of how he can affect his child's life. Right. You've been affected by your mom throughout your life in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But I'd say this is predominantly the largest, most effective way oh, yeah. that she's affected your life was mm-hmm. <clears throat> in afterlife. Yes. Oh, absolutely. She 
has and is still continuing to undo the damage that she did. How she does it, I don't know. Right. But it's it's pretty amazing. Like, all of the, the things that she did when I was a child, it's like she's found something to make it not okay, but to try and say, I'm sorry. And, right. you know, they, yeah, they have amazing ways of doing that. And if you've lost a child as well, there's this parent-child connection. And mm-hmm. even though we may, you know, we die and we probably won't be parent-child in the next life, it's still in this life, it's this, probably the strongest bond that you can get. You're born from those people. This, you know, you're half your mother and half your father and your mother spends nine months with you in, in her body. Of course, you're going to have this strong connection to them. So even if it's a child that passes, you know, you they are going to do for you similar to what a parent would do as well. Mm-hmm. It's this overlooking, it's this protection, it's, um, and your friends can do this too. It's not just, you know, parents and grandparents but mm-hmm. you know your your friends too like now that your your friend our friend that passed um <clears throat> he told me he's like it's just another angel on your side it's somebody else to help help you okay here come the tears <laughs> it's somebody else to help you along your journey that's the f- one of the you know the strangest part is that that was one of the first things i heard amidst the the denial and then the understanding and anger yeah. and acceptance i heard I'm on your side now. Yeah. But he was always on my side, but he, in a spiritual sense yeah. that this is a man that I had, uh, and we're not really sharing his name because they're still under investigation and all this yeah. stuff. And, and I don't want to do We don't know how much wrong. we can talk about at this point. But him and I lived together. He lived with me for four years and we would s- almost religiously, at least once a week, sit and stay up until 12, 1 two o'clock in the morning and just talk about life and share stories and fears. I mean, I, I felt like I lost somebody that actually talked. Yeah. That actually communicated. Yeah. Besides just your standard, you know, shooting the breeze kind of stuff. No, he was deep. He was. And that makes the loss tougher but I know that that's only magnified when he gets over there. I knew this man was a mentor in my life the day I met him. I knew that I knew him from a different life. And I just was enthralled with him. But I know that that's true. Yeah. I know now that it is. And he will continue to be my mentor. Yeah, absolutely. He will. Absolutely. And you know, something that, um, at the beginning of my spiritual journey, when I first started learning about my abilities, I was told many times and read many times that you're not supposed to contact spirits until they've been on the other side for a while. And so I've kind of made this a part of, you know, the ethics that I stick with of, I'm not going to contact, especially for a client of spirit that has just passed. But I'll tell you that this spirit of our friend was has been with me like today's yeah. and yesterday were like the first couple of days where I don't feel like he's here all the time. And so this has kind of taught me a lot, too, of like, OK, well, if they're going to come to me, then then that's cool. But I'm still going to respect their space and not go to them. But but I've learned a lot about that, you know, yeah. that they are able to communicate very well if they want to 
from the beginning. And I think it has a lot to do with the spirit themselves, how many times they've, you know, done this whole thing. Mike, our friend was a very old soul. He had been around a long time. And so when he went there, he was ready. He was ready to party. And let me tell you, that's what he's been doing. And he talks to me all the time. And, you know, I'm able to, to relay messages to you. And it's, it hasn't even been a week yet. Yeah. So that's been that's been great, and that's taught me a lot. Because when my mom died, I felt it really quickly too, really quickly. So this was one of those things that when I when I was told this from the beginning of like just don't leave the spirits alone for a while, I did, yeah. you know. But they're coming to me. He yeah. came to me, you know. So they are able to do all of the these amazing things. I think from the beginning of being there, but I think it really depends on how old their soul is, how, what Mm -hmm. their state when they pass, like he was older, like maybe somebody that's younger might not have all of those immediate abilities, you know, but I'm still learning and finding out some cool stuff. And he's teaching me some cool stuff that I didn't even know. He had a lot to offer in that kindness and compassion and understanding. Yeah. He just was that way. Yeah. Yep. And through the process, he had uh, eight siblings. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I've had the pleasure of getting to communicate with uh, about three of his sisters in this process, which is, that's been nice to yeah. share stories with each other and um, make new friends and their, yep. you know, their direct connection to him, which it's not Michael, but it's part of that energy you know that um if anything it's the memory of him brings his spirit in when we think about people to the point where it makes us cry we're summonsing them in right even if they're not yep. already sitting here we're summonsing him in to to communicate with them that's why we both got so overwhelmed because yeah. you can feel his presence here yeah yeah it's, amazing we take it for oh it's sadness it's tears and Oh, I don't want to feel this way. Right. But there's power and magic in that emotion. There really is. Yep. There absolutely is. It's it's hard. Nobody wants to feel that way. And something that I felt with this last two that I, I hadn't felt since, uh, probably since one of my animals died suddenly, was that elephant sitting on your chest. Like you can't get enough air and you're always sighing. I remember after my mom passed, it went on for a long time that I like, felt like I couldn't catch my breath and I realized I'm sighing all the time yeah. like and I couldn't control it and so I was feeling that last week and I'm like god I just can't wait for this elephant to get off my chest and I think it's just we're so tense you know and we're not taking the deep breaths and right. so we have to stop and take the deep breaths but that is another very common feeling is that that elephant that mm. sighing that you know yeah it, it's it's very heavy it's a heavy feeling <laughs> on your chest kind of It is. Before we did this episode, I was having something to eat really fast, and so my stomach wouldn't growl on (laughs) the recording. And I was standing there, and I had a box of like crackers, and I was looking out the window, just standing there eating like some toast. And I'm, I'm looking out the window, and I'm noticing how the colors seem to be brighter to me. Yeah. You know, just colors in general, <clears throat> and even though I'm losing my eyesight, there's there's a clarity to things. Yes. Visually. Yes. And as you open this up, like the spirituality and invite 
this into your life, things not only start to look different, they feel different, um, they sound different. Yep. Uh, this is a part of that journey. Yeah. And I had previously, when Samantha and I went to Cambria, I was trying to set a manifestation for myself. Um, of, And I set it as blue circles for um, can we can we do well enough financially to stay in California or should we consider leaving and moving somewhere else? So I was standing there and I wasn't even thinking about that particular manifestation. No, I was standing there looking out the window and eating my toast and I looked down at the box and there was three blue circles on the <laughs> side of the box. Oh, funny. But part of the cardboard, when we opened the top of it, mm. ripped and left the shape of a heart. Oh, wow. On above the three blue circles. Oh, wow. And oh, that funny. was like, like the first time. And that was Michael. Yeah. I felt it. I felt it from him. Yeah. The minute I saw it, I knew that. He was like, I'm helping you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been, I knew what you were doing before, but now I can really see what you're doing. Yes. And I'm helping you. Yes, absolutely. And how do I know that? It's just because you hear it. You fe- It's like you, you hear it, but you it. don't hear it. You, yeah. Your body hears it. You don't hear it with your ears. Yep. And you feel that overwhelming presence. And it just kind of eased me. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, when my mom died, I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand the feeling, you know. She would do funny things to get my attention to make me stop crying. There was one time shortly after she passed, I it was still funeral planning time, I remember, and Eminem had just come out with this new song with D12 called My Band. And I love the song, but at the end of it, Eminem does this little dance, this little, like, mariachi dance. <laughs> and I got the biggest kick out of it, right? So... I'm la- I'm crying, crying, crying about my mom, so upset. And my ex-husband goes, look, and he points to the TV, and it's that video, and it's Eminem doing the little mariachi dance, and I immediately just started laughing, and I realized she's telling me to stop it. Right. But how do you stop it? How do you make it stop? How do you – it's natural. It's those emotions, and we have to feel those emotions. Right. Don't stop it. That's the answer. No. Let it go. Yeah. Let it take its course. And allow yourself to feel it because that is the connection. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's not always that way. No. But sometimes because the love of God and the universe and the other side and, and spirits, angels, source, everything is so much love, it's overwhelming. Yep. Yep. You know, we haven't talked much about the loss of animals suddenly, and that is another very hard thing. Yeah. And that's hard on a different level because you, a lot of people like an animal might pass and that animal's been sick for a while and they didn't notice. So it's not really sudden, but it's sudden to them. And then they sit in guilt for a long time because, oh my gosh, I should have noticed. I should have this. I should have that. Um, but just like with the human spirits. When the animals get to the other side, they know all and they see it and there's no hard feelings. There's no animosity. They don't feel like you did the wrong thing. You know, um, that 
that guilt that comes along with having to euthanize an animal is also something that can eat people alive. But we're given that opportunity and that's a a wonderful thing for us. We don't have to sit and watch our animals die. Imagine like I've had several animals I've had to euthanize. I'm so glad I haven't had to sit there and watch them die. It's a beautiful gift. And I'm hoping that by the time it's my time, it will be, I could do it too because it's not fair to have to sit and watch that. So if you have, or it's for them to go through it. If you have had to euthanize an animal, please try and let go of that that guilt because right. you've done them a favor. It's selfless when we do that. We're we're telling we don't want them to suffer anymore. We don't want them to go through that, and so we let them go and move on to the other side where they are happy. And yeah. it's it's so weird for me because like when I do readings, I see the animal being super happy on the other side and the, the owner that is absolutely miserable. And you have to tell them, and same with people, your loved one is happy. Mm-hmm. They want you to be happy. Yeah. You know, people don't want to go get another animal because they're afraid that that's like cheating on the one that passed. Right. That's not the case at all. They want you to get another one. They want you to be happy and share the love that you have. But that that grief, that guilt from the grief, a lot of times it makes us sit there too. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I was hearing is to feel all of those feelings, to allow yourself, like even the anger, you know, like if you have it, let it go. There's an appropriate time, you know, like that day that he passed, I wasn't sure what you were going to need, you know, if you were going to need more anger time. And so I was like, I'm just going to leave him, leave him be. And I'm going to take the dogs and I'm going to let him have, you know, whatever you need, you get those emotions out. If you need to scream it, whatever it is that you need to do, feel those emotions because if you don't, you're just suppressing them, and yeah. then they're they're just going to stay. Yeah. So let it out. Let it go. Be okay with how, what you need to heal from it, too. Because, like, I remember, too, feeling guilty for needing to recover, mm-hmm. feeling guilty for needing the time to take the time to myself. Right. And it's important. you got to have that. You've got to be able to, to feel the feelings. Not You know, a lot of us, yeah. we want to be strong for the others, too, but we all need to feel that. Yeah, no matter where the, the loss is. Yep. I'd like to do one more reading, okay. but I'd like to blow my nose first. <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Who? This is a topic that always gets me. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's interesting that this is my job. <laughs> but, you know, I think you need, <laughs> like, to be really good at your job, you almost kind of need to understand on a different level. Yeah. And, like, I feel like with our friend that passed, it was, like, a reminder of what it's like to grieve. Mm-hmm. And it helps me to help my clients better now that I kind of have a little reminder of what it yeah. feels like, as much as I hate to admit that, because it hurts. Um, okay, so this is Crystal. She says... Last Friday, my husband took our baby Gucci to get groomed. On the ride home, he started having frequent seizures, was taken to the emergency vet, and didn't get better. Seeing him in this condition was devastating, and we had to have him euthanized. Mm -hmm. We are still trying to figure out what happened. He was such a healthy boy, wondering if maybe he'll come back to us as another animal. Well, you can count on it. Yeah, for sure. This is Gucci. He's a big bulldog. <laughs> yeah. Cute. He's got a big spike necklace yeah, on his head. He totally looks out. like um, Spike. Yeah. He is adorable. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I have to be honest because I think you need to know what happened. And that is he got very overheated. And this is a problem with these dogs with a short snout. And 
sometimes, like, my sister's a groomer and she's probably listening to this going, because you have to keep an eye on these dogs. They require special kind of care. They can't overheat. And so I feel like he got really, really hot. And what you were noticing, these seizures that you were noticing, I feel like this was hyperthermia, that his brain was having problems. Like, I don't know exactly what happens in that hyperthermia where you get too hot. Um, but like the brain started doing weird things, which is why you saw the seizures and things mm. like that. Um, 100% preventable. What caused him, do you know, to get so overheated? He, well, he, dryers, okay. the whole, I like. He's so short hair though. Yeah. Would you really need to dry him? Well, they do. They usually do all of them, but you have to remember too that this is a stressful situation. So he's already panting and already nervous, and then you're adding all these other things, the other animals on top of it. Mm. Like they sometimes even recommend with these shorter, uh, snouted dogs, not to have like like activities like hiking or those types of things because they overheat so fast. So where another dog like with a, a like a lab or something else would have been okay even though they have more hair it was it had nothing to do with that it was just the heat the intensity of everything that was going on um and it wasn't the the groomer did not know what to look for they didn't know the signs to look for what was going on too overwhelmed you know mm. um it's a very sad case and sorry, and i wish hard. that i could say that it was something else but that's um what i feel happened um, he does not hold you responsible. He does not, he's not angry. He's not bitter. Nothing like that. You know, they let go of all of that. He's not even upset with the groomer that, that, you know, this happened with. Um, he <clears throat> wants you to know that you gave him the best life and that he knows that if you knew that that was going to happen that day, that you wouldn't have allowed him to go there. Now I do see, and I will say, I don't know if this was diagnosed, that I do see a weakness in his heart. Um, like when I, when I do these, any animal reading, I usually do a body scan just to see what stands out to me. And I can see that his heart looks like it might've been smaller. There's something there. It, it doesn't look right. If I connect to another animal, it's not going to look the same. So there was already an underlying heart condition in what I'm seeing. So this was just an extra added bonus. So again, with this he probably would have not long from now passed of something else because this is normally how it goes. Why we have the trauma that we have to deal with mm-hmm. is all a part of our story. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate to say that, but it is the trauma I went through losing my mom. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Right. I, I could go back to all of the losses that I've had and give you a reason why they happen. And a lot of times you don't notice it until retrospect, but, he doesn't blame anybody and he's happy where he is and let's have a look at what he's doing. So (laughs) what he's showing me, he must've had um, already breathing issues because what he's showing me is walking on the other side. He's kind of waddling um, and he's, he's breathing and he's, I can hear him breathing really loud. So that's what he did in life. Now that's not what he feels now is his spirit, but he's showing me that that's what he did in life. So on the other side, he is doing the little waddle walk that he would do. And I see him kind of coming towards me and he lays down 
And he just lays there and he stares at me. And he's like looking around like like he's just observing. I think that's what he's trying to tell me is he wasn't necessarily like a playful type. Like when it came to other dogs and like if you would take him to the park or someplace, he loved to observe, just observe what was going on. And that's what he's showing me on the other side (laughs) is that he's really just enjoying watching the people. So um, so I'm so sorry that you're going through this, Crystal, and it's not your fault. You did not know. So please try and not hold on to the guilt because it, it really wasn't your fault at all not your fault sorry for that yes for real that is that is tough Mm. okay (laughs) (laughs) that's a tough episode tough topic yeah you know but we we really all if you haven't been there yet you probably will but 100 percent of our listeners that took this poll Mm. have been there at some point you know there's there's definitely extremes and you know it's all None of it's the same, but um, it all kind of feels the same. You have those same symptoms, you know, from the grief. And, you know, part of this experience um, coming into this world and these bodies is that we have the ability to show emotion, um, particularly sadness or, you know, loss and tears. That's something they, they no longer experience there. Yeah. So this particular aspect of our existence, I think, gets a really bad rap because it is probably the closest connection to the other side that each one of us has without really knowing that we're having it. Right. Like when we're in tears, they don't want to see us cry, but they know how good that feels. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So that's something that they don't have there. Yeah. And you look at these gifts and uh, being in a body and these experiences, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So as hard as it feels sometimes, don't let that scare you. Yeah. Because that is still part of this gift. Yeah. Even as a medium, sudden death is very hard for me. And it's hard for me to comprehend why we really need to go through this. But I I understand to a certain extent it's a part of our journey here. It's a part. It makes our souls whole to feel all of these feelings. It sucks while we're in the middle of it, but it does get better. For anybody that is is new to this, that has just lost somebody recently, please know that it does get better. Um, and, and let yourself feel the feelings. Let yourself go through the grief. Find people to talk to. There's... In this day and age, there's no excuse if you need somebody to talk to to not have somebody because there are groups all over Facebook oh, yeah. about support groups for every single type of loss that you can imagine. <clears throat> my group is really good for this. My my reading group on Facebook, um, our discussion group. There's so many people out there that will are going through similar things that will listen to you. You can listen to them, help each other, but find that help because this – this doesn't have to be as lonely of a process as I think a lot of us feel like it is, especially like if, you know, if you lost somebody and nobody else around you understands what it's like because it's your loss, you know, mm-hmm. you can feel very lonely and isolating. Yeah. So you got to find people that you can talk to, yep. you know, very important. That's why we're all here together. Yes, exactly. So hopefully this episode helps some of you realize that you're not alone yeah. and that it, it does happen to everybody and it sucks. And I wish it didn't. I really wish it didn't. But you know what? It's a part of this life. It's mm. a part of the the whole process. Yeah. Of everything. So, 
Whew. All right. Yeah. Well, that I'm was good. a good one. I'll enjoy heavy. my migraine for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, heavy. Heavy. Well, before we uh, say goodbye then, would you like to share your information? Yes. You can find me on the web at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. If you would like to reach us at the show, you can email us at spiritualjoneses at gmail.com or find us online um, at spiritualjoneses. And you, sir. Yes. Thank you. For my art, uh, D. Jones, uh, for the web, djonesartcollection.com. At D Jones Art Collection for Instagram and Facebook, and I just finished one to yesterday, actually, or today, yeah, technically. Uh, Frank Zappa will be up next. It's cool. Thank you. It's really cool. So I'll be posting that in the next couple of days. Yay! And that's all I got. Fantastic. Oh, recorded last night, so we're just moving along. Yay! Okay, well. <clears throat> We hope everybody got something out of this. <laughs> that Maybe we a few do. tears. <laughs> yeah, that we do. But, yeah. Um, have no fear. Everything will be okay. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope everybody has a great week. That we do. Until next week. Peace and love.